Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. He was known as the Canadian Jim Thorpe for success and well-rounded athlete, as well as the big train and the freight train. Lionel Conacher, a great athlete in Canadian sports history and American sports history and world history. We're going to talk more about his successes and what he did in life with an in-depth look at this athlete in just a moment. Hi, my name's Darren Hayes, and I know you've heard me on the Pigskin Dispatch talking about football history for years. Well, now I'm on a new mission, a quest to find sports history in other sports, as well as football, by learning through the jerseys and the apparel and the gear that the players wore and the franchises supplied their teams. It's an educational trip, and I'm taking you with me day by day, player by player, uniform by uniform, the Sports Jersey Dispatch. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my sporting friends. This is Darren Hayes of the Sports Jersey Dispatch. And once again, we're coming live to you from the pig pen to talk about another great sporting legend. And this one's a big one. And especially in our friends up north in Canada, Lionel Conacher, one of the great uh, athletes of all time in the world, and you know, been called the Jim Thorpe of Canada and uh, many other names uh, like that, as we talked about at the beginning. Uh, the big train, the freight train. And we're going to get into more of his history because I want to have my quest to learn more about sports history. And this is definitely a very interesting fellow and an interesting figure in uh, sports history that I need to know more about. And hopefully you'll come along with the ride for us here. So let's get into this story, this man, especially uh, the sports portion of his life. And in this episode, I want to take a deep dive and look more at the Lionel Conacher story. And it all started in Toronto, Ontario on May 24th, 1901, when Lionel Pretoria Conacher was born. Now, his middle name, Pretoria, is interestingly enough a namesake of a South African town that at the time of his birth was a battleground of British troops in the, uh, the Boer War. And he was uh, one of the oldest of 10 children in the family. And his father, Benjamin, was a teamster who was continually looking for union work and supplemented the family income by plowing snow in the winter months. And the family was always a little bit short on money. Uh, they were sort of the, the upper poor neighborhood is what uh, Conacher later described his, his family out in Toronto, especially when there were so many mouths to feed. Now, there was not much to talk about in his early life concerning sports. Uh, the first uh, window that we really get a look into Lionel's early life is when he dropped out of school after the eighth grade to work full-time to help with his family's struggling finances. Now, his main occupation was hauling sod, but he also could be found selling newspapers, and he got to be pretty good at that, too. And according to the Britannica.com, the youngster's proficiency at peddling the daily news was the genesis of his early athletic career. 
Now, the nationalnews.com has an article that says that Lionel was naturally gifted, even at a young age, and he was quick, as he could run the 100 meters in under 10 seconds, and he was powerfully strong and had the coordination that made him an immediate natural at any sport, you know, with balance and finesse. And the youngster would soon realize that his athleticism was the best way out of the slum uh, neighborhood that he was raised in. Now, there was a competition sponsored by the newspaper that he worked for as a youngster that whoever the top seller of the publication in a given time would win a special prize. Now, Lionel's competitive nature was tweaked, and he set out to claim this prize. His determination and hard work paid off as in 1916, he sold more papers than any of his peers, and his reward was a membership at the local YMCA. This is a very pivotal point in his life. And this was a whole new experience for the teenager. The YMCA introduced him to sports like boxing, wrestling, and lacrosse, and he would absorb everything that these instructors could teach him, and they helped mold him into the great athlete that he is. Now, Lionel's athleticism and willingness to excel helped him almost immediately as he won the Ontario 125-pound wrestling championship at the age of 16. A few years later, after training at the gym, he claimed the Canadian light heavyweight boxing championship. In between these great uh, athletic feats of prowess, he yearned for more. And the, the remedy was that he looked around and he saw that there was many of his friends and peers in Canada you know he did live in Canada by the way that he was one of the few boys his age that had never skated on ice. The remedy was that he bought a pair of ice skates and he self-taught how to skate around on the frozen ponds and any areas that he could get onto and became a pretty good skater. You know, he just kept working at that. This would help prove to be a, a very fruitful venture later on in his life but for now it helped keep him competitive with other athletes in Toronto, especially during the winter months. Now, Conacher didn't rest uh, on his laurels of all these athletic accomplishments that he already accomplished at a young age. He pushed himself even further. Lionel played on the rugby team in 1920 and competed for the Toronto Argonauts of the Ontario Rugby Football Union, which was a precursor of the Professional Canadian Football League uh, in 1921-1922. And to say that he was good at rugby and football was an understatement. Talk about immediate impact of a player. Well, Lionel scored 23 of his team's 27 points in the very first game that he took the field for the Argonauts. In 1921, the Argonauts made it to the Grey Cup. And the, it was the first time that the East met the West in uh, Canadian football history is in that year. It pitted the Edmonton Eskimos of the West and, you know, of course, Toronto Argonauts of the uh, East. And Conacher scored 15 of the Argos' 23 points to help the Toronto club win the coveted cup. But what's really amazing about this whole story of the first Grey Cup is that Conacher, you know, who scored those 15 points, well, he left just when the game was getting in the middle of the third quarter in order to catch a cab and get on over to the ice rink on the other side of town to help his RLE team win the Ontario Hockey Association Championship game that very same night. Are you kidding me? You know, he plays in the biggest game in Canadian football and scores a, a bunch of points to help his team win the Grey Cup. And then he goes over there and helps uh, capture a hockey championship on the very same night. 
is just truly amazing. That's just signs of more things to come from this great Lionel Conacher as a great athlete. And almost simultaneously as uh, he was doing this football and hockey thing, it motivated the youth to become a roster member of the championship Ontario lacrosse team in 1922 as he was really making a name for himself in the sporting community around the world as you can see. Yeah, many were taking notice of this talented athlete, and Lionel kept working hard on his skating, and these skills eventually progressed to a point where he was offered a $3,000 contract with the Toronto St. Pats of the National Hockey League. But the American Baseball League team, the Detroit Tigers, also wanted to sign uh, him to play with them. And these offers were approximately threefold of what the average salary for anyone in Canada was at the time. But Conacher uh, turned each of them down and instead took a job as a bank teller so he could continue to play lacrosse and football as an amateur. He loved those games and he couldn't bear to part uh, playing with them competitively. And during that era, a professional athlete was barred from playing amateur sports at all. So that would be the death sentence for him to play lacrosse and football as an amateur if he got paid to play hockey or baseball. Now Lionel was smart enough despite his 8th grade education, they knew he needed to have a sustainable career to help ends meet and that mean, meant he needed to have a little bit more uh, continued education. In a very unpopular move among his countrymen, Conacher left Canada and moved to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in the United States uh, to play football and ice hockey on a scholarship at a prep school there named the Belfont Academy. And in the U.S., it opened up his eyes to other opportunities. You know, it uh, as an amateur, and you know, still he loved boxing, he was even placed on a boxing card and fought the legendary heavyweight champion of the world, Jack Dempsey at the time, in a pro-am exhibition there in the city of Pittsburgh. Now, Lionel had decided to play professional hockey instead of continuing his football under coach uh, Carl Snavely at Belfont Academy. Uh, you know, he, Snavely would go on to be the uh, coach at Cornell University. And later on in uh, Snavely's life, he conducted an interview uh, for the McLean's uh, publications. And uh, it's, he said this, and I say, quote, I don't believe I ever had a fullback who was better runner in the open field or who was a better punter or who so fully possessed all the qualities of speed, skill, dexterity, aggressiveness, self-control, and the various attributes that are required for superiority in the American game of football. He was far superior to many boys on the same team who later won All-American honors at several universities. Unquote. Big words from a, a big-time coach uh, in the game of football. So he could have very well started as a big football star. But instead... He took an NHL opportunity when the Pittsburgh Pirates of the NHL, uh, early uh, NHL franchise, offered him a, a record at the time contract of $7,500 to play with the Pirates in the NHL in 1925. It was the start of a successful career in which Conacher uh, played as a defenseman for four different teams and won two Stanley Cups and was named an All-Star uh, many times. Conacher loved to be in the action with his very aggressive style of play on the ice and he was often the leader in the league in penalty minutes uh, that he served. Very aggressive but very potent and very important part in Keycog on all the four teams he played on in the NHL. We'll get more to back to that in just a moment. On the Toronto American Athletic Association 
championship baseball team in 1926. He played AAA baseball with the Toronto Maple Leafs and won the Little World Series. In 1930, he joined the International Indoor Lacrosse League and went on to become its top scorer and win a championship there. Then in 1932, he added a fourth professional sport by becoming a wrestler, going undefeated in 26 matches. And, you know, he also had a pretty good sibling that played hockey, too, we must mention. Charlie Conacher uh, was his brother that uh, played in the NHL. So just keep that in mind. Well, Conacher soon found love, and he would find it to be perhaps his only self-described opponent that would come thereafter uh, with all his involvement in sports and you know getting married there uh, the illness of alcoholism set in unfortunately Lionel recognized that he needed help and in 1930 he had a daughter coming on the way into the family about to be born and so he knew he had to get his life in order to take care of his new responsibilities as in other endeavors Lionel put his mind to he met this challenge head-on just like a freight train and defeated alcoholism too. You know, it's great for him. Great, what an inspiration. 1937, Lionel Conacher retired from pro hockey. That game had been so good to him, even though it left him many a battle scar to remind him of the rest of his life. You know, he had scars and stitches all his life, broken noses many multiple times. He played rough. You know, he, when you are in the thick of it, you know, you live by the sword, die by the sword. That's for sure. Now, Lionel Conacher was named Canada's most outstanding athlete of the first half of the 20th century, and. Uh, if, especially for football, 1900-1950, Canada's most outstanding athlete, and you can see why. And this exceptional athlete is also enshrined in three different halls of fame. The Canadian Football Hall of Fame, the Lacrosse Hall of Fame, and the Hockey Hall of Fame, of course. And you thought his success story stopped there? Well, like we said earlier, he had a successful career in Canadian politics, even serving in Parliament, you know, the highest level of the... the politics for Canada and he retired uh, from sports you know that's when he would, did went into the politics and he just kept pushing on and garnered the most out of life especially with little education you know going back and getting the rest of that education to get high school and uh, still having successes everywhere all around just a try quite the individual and you can see why he is the freight train or the big train because he this guy just keeps chugging along and uh, nothing's going to stop Lionel Conacher from what he wanted to accomplish and now we know a little bit more about the story of this great athlete that has rightfully been called the Canadian Jim Thorpe and I can definitely see why now is that he excelled in so many sports just like Jim Thorpe did at a high level at the highest level of his era so just a tremendous story, Lionel Conacher. I'm glad that I got a chance to do some research and share that research with you. Hope you enjoyed it. And uh, you know, we'd love to have your feedback. Pigs can dispatch at gmail.com. And uh, we didn't really talk much about his NHL career. We'll get back to more of that in a later time. But I just wanted to share the story of this great man and uh, all the great accomplishments that he did with his excellent athleticism and uh, just great mindset and uh, you know, physical attributes as well. So till next time, everybody, have a great Sports History Day. This penalty kill is almost over. I got to get back out on the ice. But thanks again for joining us for another great edition of Sports Jersey Dispatch Podcast. We'll see you tomorrow.
We invite you to check out our websites, jerseydispatch.com and pigskindispatch.com, not only see the daily sports history, but to experience the preservation of great events and people that play the games. Find us on Pigskin Dispatch. It's also on social media outlets of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel. Get all your daily sports history. Pigskin Dispatch is happy to be associated with the Sports History Network, the sports headquarters of yesteryear, found at sportshistorynetwork.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Each week, the official Football Learning Academy podcast will take you deep into the history of pro football through interviews with players, coaches, or administrators in the NFL, as well as interviews with Pro Football Hall of Fame selectors, authors, and historians. You'll learn how the game evolved and important moments that shaped the sport into what it is today. And don't miss the Pro Football History Nugget of the Week. Listen to the official Football Learning Academy podcast on the Sports History Network. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.